remember a friend of mine at school, his name was Owen, and he uh, came in, we, must have been, we were in secondary school, and he came into school, I remember he was just particularly exasperated one particular day. He was just, he said, this is just, it's just impossible. I said, what's, 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 what's wrong? He said, my dad. I said, what's up? He said, my dad is addicted to rubbish. He's addicted to rubbish. I said, what, what, what do you mean? He said, he's after, getting, <coughs> he's after getting his hands on an old school bus, right, which doesn't work, uh, but he's convinced he can fix it. So the school bus has been delivered to the back of our house. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't run. It was dragged in or hauled in or pushed in somehow. So now we have an old school bus out the back of our house, right, which undoubtedly <coughs> will meet the same fate as the dishwasher and the washing machine and an old computer which were left out for a similar purpose. They will eventually be fixed. They will. One only needs a belt. The other only needs a plug. The other only needs a new drum. The other only needs a new bit of a something or other. And all this rubbish just keeps building up. I met him years later. In the meantime, the school bus had gotten filled with all sorts of other rubbish stuff that could possibly, with a bit of effort, be fixed. Everything from broken irons to... That's bits and pieces of oh, even old, like old TVs these days. There's actually no point in holding on, on to an old TV, even if you could fix it. Even if you could, the picture is still rubbish. No point, no point. And video cassette recorders, remember them? And they've got stacks of them all in this school bus out the back of the house, absolutely rotting away, absolutely useless, addicted to rubbish. Eventually, there comes a point with stuff, with things, <clears throat> where you have to say, this yoke is not worth saving. I'm a little more that way myself. If I can't fix it, and if I, can't, if I know it won't fix it within a year, I'm getting rid of it. Just get rid of it. There's just no point. No point. It'll just, it'll just build up and build up. So when, we, when it comes to things, generally speaking, it's probably healthy at a certain point to say, it's not worth fixing. It's just got to go. It's good to not have that mentality as regards people. <laughs> uh, and when God looks at us, this is most definitely not how he sees us. There is never a point uh, in our lives, or never a point in our sin, never a point in our fall, where God will say, they're not worth fixing. They've gone too far, that's it, no way back, I'm done. That, that just never happens with God, you see. We, we never get to a point where, where we've, we've fallen too far for his grace. We've fallen too far for his mercy. It's just not possible. Not that we should try, but, but it's not possible to fall so far from God that he can't bring us back. And again, you'll pardon the simplicity of this analogy, but it's, it's the same with parents and children. No matter how often or how badly a child misbehaves, a good mom will never say, okay, that's it. My four-year-old child, I'm done with you. I'm done. Here's your little E.T. school bag, right? I put an apple and a sandwich in there and a little bottle of water. Off you go. I'm done with you. It's, just, it's not, you know, it, I mean, unfortunately it may have happened somewhere in history, but generally speaking, it doesn't happen. Parents won't say, I give up on you, no matter how bad kids are. Or even in, in it can get a bit worse, and maybe in their teenage years or maybe in their early 20s when, when some of the family tensions can become quite severe indeed. Uh, where there can be outright rebellion and awful words can be said and families can be <clears throat> very much torn, torn apart by people's selfishness or people's anger, whatever it may be. And even then, good parents will never say, I'm, I'm done, I'm done, so I've, just, I've just had enough. 
<clears throat> just had enough of you, get out of my sight, you're gone. And that's, that's, that's mere human love. But God's love is just so, so much more than that. Because unfortunately, I have, <clears throat> I've known people, I know people, I've met people who are fairly convinced that because of mistakes they have made, they have fallen too far from grace. They have fallen further than God can reach. And this is, this is, this is, just, this is, this is it's, it's a tragedy. It's an absolute tragedy because it means <clears throat> that they, they still believe God exists, they believe God is good, but they don't believe <clears throat> he loves them enough to lift them up or they can't forgive themselves for what they've done. And so even if, yeah, God's grace is here and God's salvation is here and God's healing is here, but I'm down here, and to be honest, that's probably where I'm going to stay. That's where I choose to stay. Because maybe I can't forgive myself. <clears throat> this was a very interesting experience I had uh, in, in Italy a number of times. Um, like abortion is, is legal in Italy, I think since 73, something like that. It's, it's, it's legal quite some time there. So I would have met a number of ladies in their... 60s, 70s, and 80s, who had had abortions a long, long time ago and uh, could never forgive themselves. This wasn't me beating them down or anything. There wasn't any kind of uh, you know, accusation. They, they, in their own hearts, in their heart of hearts, they couldn't forgive themselves. You know, they, 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 they'd go to any gathering of people and see all these kids running around and they think of what could have been. Because no one has to accuse them of anything, just within their own hearts. They knew that something, that they had decided to do something, again, in all of the, the tragic circumstances that there may have been, absolutely, but ultimately a decision was made which had huge consequences, drastic consequences, and they found it very, very difficult to forgive themselves. So we have never fallen, we have never done something so bad that God's grace can't bring us back. This is how God sees us. Part of the challenge, though, as Christians, is that you and I are called to see each other similarly. You and I are called to see each other in the same way. That we never give up on each other. That we never look at someone, no matter how bad they may be, no matter how far they have fallen, no matter how much they have hurt us, and say, I'm done with you. It's, we're, we're glad to be the beneficiaries of God's mercy. We're glad to be the beneficiaries of God's love, that he lifts us up and he brings us back. Fantastic. Well, you and I are called through the same. You and I are called through the same. And that's hugely challenging. That can be very, very difficult. Jesus says in today's gospel, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me, so welcomes the Father. So anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. Which, which means what? Which means... I live in you. Which means I live, so God, Jesus lives in me, and Jesus lives in you. So when I welcome you, I'm welcoming you, yes, but I'm also welcoming Jesus who lives in you. So when I'm good to you, when I'm forgiving, when I'm loving, when I'm charitable, when I'm selfless, when I'm serving, all those kind of things, I'm serving you, yes, but I'm also serving the Lord in you. Now that can be easy when the person is nice. Trish there, she's great, she's very friendly, she's... Um, very serving and helpful and all the kind of thing. You give her a cup of tea, she'll thank you for half an hour. Uh, but there could be also people who outright are outright rude or distant or 
just don't care. And loving them and forgiving them and serving them despite that wall. My goodness, that's heroic. Heroic. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. It would be such a pity to reduce this gospel to you know, a gospel of welcome that it's important that we have the, the kettle on and the, and the slice of tart ready for people to come to visit us. There's so much more going on in this gospel than, than just being nice and just being welcoming. Anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. Jesus is speaking about the fact that he lives in us and wants us to recognize Jesus in the other. And this is a great way of living because it means that whatever I do, I'm doing it for the greater glory of God. Whoever I serve, I'm serving God. I'm not doing it for thanks. I'm not doing it for applause or notoriety or fame. I do all of this for love of God. So today we ask the Lord, the Lord who never gives up on us, the Lord who never says, I'm done, the Lord who never says, this thing is beyond repair, I'm dumping it, the Lord who never says that about us, we ask him to help us to see him in the other. And maybe even to see him in ourselves. That we can forgive ourselves and love ourselves, that we can forgive and love the other, that we can forgive and serve the other, that we can be a reflection of Christ to others, that we all see Christ in the other and all serve Christ in the other and form this beautiful body in which we recognize Jesus in the presence of everyone around us. May the Lord open our eyes to see the good in the other, to serve the good in the other, and to love the good in the other. Amen.